0: But I feel like that would, like, it would help us all, like, explore the world differently if we can see things and be like, I'm a creative person, too, whereas otherwise I might not have thought that if I'm an engineer or I'm a scientist or something like that, because just my brain doesn't work like that. I I would brand it AI,
1: the
2: creative awakening. Everyone gets to feel creative.
1: Jasmine's like, okay, so what do the first AI houses look like? Well, they have too many buzzwords, uh, too many doors. um,
3: (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to Tech by Design where the Richmond Technology Council takes you to the edge for trending tech and innovation here in Richmond, Virginia. I'm Nick Surface, CEO of RVA Tech, along with Alex Atanias, CEO of Shopo. Come join us.
0: All right, this is already off the rails. <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump in. Today, we were going to kick off the new year by starting to talk about AI and its impact on the workforce, both across the tech sector, across almost every industry, and here in Richmond. Um, So kind of starting off on that, I want to turn it over to the two of you. Nick, you had shared an article with us from Forbes um, about kind of the changing landscape of how tech has changed jobs in the past, how AI is going to change it in the future do you want to get us all started
3: yeah i think lauren my thesis is just that um i've been on a lot of uh either ai related panels or in programs where the topic is being discussed and one of the kind of key questions that everybody keeps asking and bringing to the forefront is how is ai going to negatively impact jobs how is it going to change the workforce and I just think there. I always kind of have been leaning on it's going to change the workforce positively. It's going to mean new jobs, different jobs, potentially better jobs than we have now. And that's the way the workforce, I feel like, has continued to evolve over centuries, really. We're just in a better place now than we were then, whenever then was. And this Forbes article, I think, really highlights a lot of the interesting, compelling new jobs that are on the horizon. And so for me, it was a great opportunity to talk about this in a positive light.
0: Alex, what about you? How do you see AI improving the jobs that already exist? What kind of new jobs do you think AI is going to bring to the table that that aren't as front and center right now? What do you think?
1: I think AI is first and foremost going to impact the tech companies that are leading the, the initiative. And then it will come to Everybody else, and I think by the time it gets to everybody else, it's just going to move fast. We're already starting to see that, so I think we're starting to see a lot of the big tech companies slow down on on a lot of their hires um, in terms of product teams, right, developers, um, analysts, etc., because they feel like their teams could be more effective and efficient by simply understanding how to use AI. I think the the creative jobs, the the people facing jobs, are going to be impacted last. And, and I also think that a lot of the the companies that are not specifically in tech, nor the co- I mean, and when I say the companies that aren't in tech, I'm, I'm also talking about those companies that say, I don't know, we're not a car company, we're a tech company that builds cars. Like th- those types of companies are gonna e- be impacted uh, last through AI. I will say this about um, this article, so, so we could start at a very low note, and then we could just bring it up from there. But it feels like this article essentially did what people do with fortune cookies. And, and I'm not going to get into that, but if, you know how you finish a fortune cookie, right? Um, it's, it's exactly the same, right? Crumbled in a
3: mess in my lap. <laughs> Frustrated that this for, this fortune
1: could not possibly be anywhere near accurate. Do I have to paint it or draw it out? No. But seriously, it's like it's like AI urban planner, AI data privacy manager. Um, so so I think like, yes, AI is gonna impact every single one of our jobs and make us more productive. I do believe that the people that are prone to lead that or or positioned to leave that are the tech companies.
3: Alex, you kind of hit on the at the beginning that you know the the people last to be affected by this are the more the, the creative side and or the application side. And I think to me, that's the difference that we're actually transitioning into. Um, there's the developer role, and then there's the applic- applicator or application role of this. And I think because of how democratized AI has become with with ChatGPT and some of the others, that's why we're we're now everybody's paying attention to it. Because I think I think we're evolving from the developer focus to the application focus. In the next ten to fifteen years, we're going to see all kinds of new applications of AI. And struggle less to get the tech right and struggle more with, hey, how do I use this and how do I apply it in a, in a myriad of different industries, which is fascinating to me.
0: One of the things that I wonder about, too, is the branding. Nick, to your point, there's a lot of the negativity around like AI is going to take jobs, AI is going to replace my job. And the, I guess from the marketing and like the comms perspective of it, I think of like how how can the tech space, how can the tech leaders change and evolve that messaging so that I don't have to be scared that I'm going to lose my job, I can instead see it as something that empowers me and makes my job easier and better.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's what I continuously talk to people. It's, it's for the job, I don't think a lot of jobs are going to be replaced this year or even next year, um, but the jobs that are starting to use AI, the people who see it as another tool and a solution to augment my job are gonna be the most successful. I think at Shaco, we see AI first and foremost helping our development team, right? Uh, a lot of their repeatable tasks. The second thing that we're starting to see AI be really helpful with is is marketing. And I mean, you're playing a big part of that, Lauren. Um, so it's AI will help repeatable tasks first and foremost. And I'm not gonna call them mundane, but the tasks that you do over and over and over are the ones where AI is gonna be extremely beneficial, right? Um, Think about AI as robotic process automation on steroids first. That's not exactly what it is, but it's literally helping replicate those jobs that that it's gonna be better at. That's where I see AI really being very impactful this year. I think the impact to that is not necessarily losing jobs, but I think hiring for those specific skill sets where AI comes in handy is gonna slow down.
3: You know, the funny thing about AI training and development of it is we don't really have curricula in place to train people in AI at this point. The best training is to simply go out and do it and use AI to solve problems in your day-to-day life. And I was telling a a group of folks at VCU recently that the students who are going to come out with the most AI knowledge are the ones that are going to take multiple class projects and apply AI in different facets and come out and say, here's my bullet point you know, uh, projects on my resume of things that I've done with AI, whether it's a history class, a politics class, a math class, statistics, whatever it is. And if you start to showcase that you you know how to apply it and use it and amalgamate it to different topics, I think you're going to be in the right place.
1: Am I allowed to disagree? Um, absolutely not. Yeah. Lauren. <laughs> um no. what's the next segment that we'll be going into?
0: <laughs> Mute is Mike. No. Go for it. <laughs>
1: um Nick, I, I think I disagree with that. Um I, I think um much like a lot of technology, AI has become a, a buzzword and a, a marketing term. So I, I the similarity to that is stress, right? When people are like, How are you doing? And it's like you get two words these days, right? I'm fine, I'm okay, or I'm stressed out. Um, the, the equivalent of stress is I'm busy, right? Yeah, we all got a lot going on. Yeah, right. I'm busy. I'm stressed. I'm okay. Like those are the three responses you normally get. But speaking of, of one of them, stress, right? Like stress isn't really, a, it's amalgamation of all these different feelings, right? Like somebody punched me in the face and then I tripped over a rock and my dog, I don't know, my, my dog chased a squirrel. Yeah,
3: that's a bad day. Right?
1: <laughs> and so how do people respond? It's like, man, I'm stressed out. And so coming back to AI, like I think one of the things that I might disagree with you're like there's not a lot of curriculum behind it, Right. Um, MIT has multiple curriculums on um, implications and applications of AI in the business world, right? But if you break down AI, there's been uh, machine learning training out there in the wild for at least 10 years, right? Where people are learning how to train data models. There's data scientists essentially working on on data lakes, basically like, what do I do with this massive amount of information that I could then use to service a customer or or make my employees more effective and efficient? So I think AI is, is tip of the spear, right? It's, it's what we are now using to define everything that was previously undefined or hard to define. So we have people managing data, we have people processing data, we have people building user experiences. Um, I think AI is enabling those user experiences to be one self-created and, and three more transactional. So I think AI is a compilation of all these different tools that we've put together. It just helps the general population understand how that benefits them.
3: Alex, what about some of the new roles, though, that AI is creating? For instance, the prompt engineer concept. How, you know, as a role, you go in and your specialty is prompting ai correctly and then there's kind of the reverse engineering of ai we were talking about this um at a panel yesterday what if you want ai to produce a certain spin on your content for instance we, we here at rva tech position richmond in a certain way and we want to kind of economically develop the city Make sure that it's shown in the best light. Is there a way for us to populate the internet or whatever data lakes that are necessary with certain key points or data or whatever, so that when somebody searches Richmond technology, you get this amazingly beautiful, you know, uh, result, and that showcases the city well. So, you know, the concept of a reverse engineering element to AI as well. Like those, those are two things in particular to me that are kind of new frontiers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's going to be awesome. Um, you didn't talk about this, but I think the most important role is, is, is really AI ethicist in, in, in the future of AI. Like, what are we going to do with this data? And how are we going to become caretakers of people's information? Um, the, the prompting aspect to it, I think we're just in a state of learning again. If, if you recall, like, the days of... For, for those that recall Google, right? Like, the days Google came on, like, you really had to know... And you still do. You need to know how to ask Google a question or what to search for. We're doing the exact same thing. It's just like, how do I... Pro- I, I spent four hours yesterday essentially trying to prompt chat GPT to give me the state for a specific city. And it didn't work out. I never prompted the right question and, and it took five minutes for me to actually write a query to actually get city state matches. So in that situation, like I failed, right? But I, I was literally trying to learn how to be a better prompter. I wouldn't call it a prompt engineer, but but really like label the right prompts. And I think it behooves most of us that are starting to work with this technology to really learn how to do it well. I think prompting is only the the first piece of AI. I think once we truly start getting into generative AI, the goal there is for the prompt to prompt itself, right? So so how does one prompt carry into multiple prompts? So if we talk about development, like the actual development of applications and code, how do you enter one request and have the system basically follow through to build a a fully functional piece of code, right? I, I think that's the next phase, and and I'm not sure if I, if, if I confused a the question there, but. Um, we all have to learn how to prompt better.
3: Do you think this is very similar to when search engines first came out? I mean, it feels almost identical to me. And now we're at the point where all of us, I think, uh, see Googling as just a skill that is just inherent in our daily lives. We're all expected to have it. Um and then there's even things like SEO that are now projected as um, uh, a skill that's in a portfolio for a, for a consultant or a managed service provider. And, and SEO is almost the business application of um, managing the Internet's data. Um, I mean, if you think about... So it's the same thing going to happen here.
1: If you think about like Google and, and the early days of search, when I, I mean that really came out when I was in college, and it's like, well, you can't Google yeah. this. Don't I mean people Same. would lock you into a room and say you can't use the internet to to do your homework, and I'm like, oh my gosh, seriously? Yeah, but the I, question of education keeps coming up, right? And yeah. and people are like, well, you can't use AI to do your homework, and I'm like, well, there's two things there. The first one is AI is basically relying on a database that it has access to that Google already does, so you're just prompting it a different way. And then the second thing is, well, you can't have AI write your homework. And and if any of us have used AI to write an article or a blog and, and Lauren has dissected the ones I have done with it, I mean it's it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 not authentic. You can tell. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you, can, can, tell. Yeah, you yeah. can
0: tell right away. Like the it's not there. And for me one of the concerns is always like the remembering that you have to fact check it still. That just because it spits it out doesn't mean that it's a hundred percent right and that like there's still that element of it. To move us forward to the next topic though, Nick, I you mentioned how you're positioning Richmond and Richmond's tech scene. AI is going to play a big role here and in cities across the country. What what kind of are you seeing, like from the conferences you guys are having, from your members about like AI's role in Richmond?
3: yeah great question lauren i think one of the things that i continue to say about richmond which applies here with ai is that we have an exceptionally diverse group of industries that has significant corporate headquarters here or a base here whether it's you know thinking about finance or retail or uh, e-commerce or manufacturing or logistics there are companies in all those areas operating here in richmond and so any advancements that AI or really any other tech that happens here is an opportunity to quickly apply to a variety of other industries that can then be impacted you know, across the country anywhere. I feel like there are other cities that are more specific and specialty based, whether it's a biotech or manufacturing or, or just tech as an industry. But Richmond has it all. And I feel like that's an advantage here where um, something learned and applied here can can um, spread really quickly in a good way.
1: I think what I'm most excited about is and, and I'm I'm somewhat of a hopeless optimistic, but Richmond is one of the most creative cities I've It's ever... Tech's most creative city, <laughs> Alex. Thank you. Not Sorry. one of most. most. Because we are tech's most creative city. I am most excited about us really understanding how to use AI to help us leapfrog a lot of cities that have a bunch of technologists, right? We don't have that population that that a, that a Charlotte has, right? So if we could use AI to basically make our technologists, and and I'm speaking specifically to the the area that I work in, but if we could use AI to make our technologists more effective and more productive, then we rely on our creativity to set us apart. And and that's the piece that AI will come for last. And so if we really rely on our heritage, on our background, on, on essentially what makes Richmond special, then we're gonna see some cool things happen here.
3: Yeah, we gotta double down on that. I agree completely.
2: I would
1: also uh, what? I think Jasmine
3: Jas- I do
2: yeah, I do no I love in talking about creativity and AI because I think there's this like posture that people have that AI is coming for creativity and I look at it and like being able to see all the different industries and the different areas that uh, AI is touching on. I think AI is actually creating an awakening of creativity in the tech industry uh, across the board because you're starting to ask some questions of, okay, I have this incredible, powerful tool. I'm not sure how I'm going to use it yet. And I think that's where, going back to that last question about where roles going to come in, I think there's just going to be roles thinking about how, what are the roles that AI is going to create? How do we advance this in an ethical way? How do I actually answer these questions? How do we make ourselves more efficient? And then when machine learning is the next level of it, prompts that prompt itself, there's got to be roles that are related to that. So I think it's an exciting thing to see here in Richmond that we're a creative city on the cusp of a creative awakening in technology in general.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so cool. Um, I think one of the things that gets me really excited about that kind of stuff is just, if we talk about technology right like uh, one of the, one of the greatest outside of google and search i think one of the greatest things that ever happened was was really like the user interface right the ability to see a screen and read information and and i think if i'm not mistaken um that that came out in the mid 80s obviously it was it was not great but we, we've essentially had the user interface for about what is it 40 years now and this is kind of that next iteration because we're stuck on our phones. Oh, I said this yesterday, and and, and I want somebody to fact check me. But um, we're stuck on our phones. We're stuck on our computers. We're essentially trying to consume as much information. But I think what AI is going to allow us to do is rethink of the way we rethink the way we consume data. It's not about moving away from the screen, but it's about using the screen appropriately. It's not about it's not about replacing customer service. It's about using them appropriately. I think one thing that I noticed, and um, my my wife and I were watching the the ball drop. Um, in, in times square this year i would say only 30 percent of people had their phones out um compared to probably like 90 percent pre-covid and so people are starting to get tired of of devices in their hands all the time i, I think there's 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 an anti-device situation happening where, where people are like i'm going to enjoy the present and so the reason i bring that up from an ai perspective is can we still capture the moment while while enjoying the present
0: can you talk more about that? Like, what would that look like? How would AI help me be present still with technology? Though?
1: Ooh, yeah, no, great question. Um, oh, my gosh, so many different ways. Um, I think just a couple things, right? So um, using my, my failed prompt engineering yesterday, right? So four hours, right? I, I would I would essentially build a query, build a prompt, have this query run, and, and it was more than just the city state mapping, just to be clear, but um, I, I let that run for about 30 minutes, and, and so I hit go, I'd basically play UNOS with my daughter. I'd come back and I'm like, oh, okay, it's not done. And so then I'd rechange it and then I'd play UNOS with my daughter again. So we played three rounds of UNOS and, and I essentially ran three queries without necessarily having to look at it. Um, that's a very tiny example of what's happening. Um, but that's one. Um, I think the second one is, is there's an, um, an AI tool called Humane. I think Humane.ai. It's a little chip that you wear on your, on your, on your chest now. And their whole thing is like AI can now help us basically take advantage of seventy percent of the things that we do on a phone without necessarily having to use the screen, right? And and so can it capture a picture automatically without you knowing it? Um, can it basically be interpreting the world around you without you necessarily having the phone in your hands? So I think there's a lot of things that technology that we rely on pulling out a phone, doing something, and then putting it back in our pockets. Um, I think that's where AI is going to be really handy. It's it's not about a unit interface anymore. What about just
3: sheer speed of completion, of task completion and, and other things where you're able to just get your job done faster and better and more efficiently, thus leading to more time potentially to do other things? Now, admittedly, we all fill our time with, you know, if you've got, yeah, you got time, you end up filling it and you can all arguably fill it with work. Um, but there is an opportunity here where things more things could get done faster, could free
1: you up if that's the life decision that you make. Coming back to creativity and like the question that Jasmine asked, um, and, and this is where I think Richmond's gonna shine. Um, I mean, imagine we prompt again, coming back to the creativity aspect, right? And people are like, we need to rethink the way we do creativity. What if I'm in a position, this is a what if, right? And I'm I'm working on Figma and I'm trying to design three screens or three experiences and I prompt three different experiences. And and honestly, I am the reviewer of those experiences and tweaks. And then I take the one I like most, and I tweak that one again. And, and so now you're essentially using the tool. What would have taken you four, five, six hours, so you're essentially using the tool to just make the tweaks and and be the, be the approver of those tweaks. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm 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 looking forward to, and I'm I'm speaking to our teams about and our clients, which is really cool. Yeah. It becomes a you become a copywriter or an editor of of
3: the AI, but th- there's a role for that too, and there's an art to that as well, and and, and a skill. Coming back to the whole creative evolution uh, comment, Alex. I mean, when you look at art and creativity, it evolves along with technology over time. I mean, whether you're just talking about you know different mediums that are used, you know from papyrus to iron to concrete to digital to you know now this, automated digital. It's like art continues to just keep up and keep pace and the same with you know, art and creativity um, interchangeably. Um, I think that's just what we're going to see here, just the next evolution of it, and it'll show up in our art history books in 50 years. <laughs> um,
1: this one might resonate with you, but I was talking to a good friend of mine about how AI is essentially coming after essentially the architect landscape, and, and I, I'm so excited to see this. But I was talking to a good friend of mine um, this weekend, and he's like, how would that affect... Like, He built houses, right? And he's like, how does this affect the way I design the houses that I build?" And I'm like, well, imagine just putting a prompt that says, I want a house to look like this. I want it to have this many rooms. I want it with this style, build me a blueprint. And AI now knows all the different elements, like the the slant of the, the roof, like how many rooms, how big do the rooms have to have, like the optimal shape to basically like like, like the piping and all this other stuff. And you don't have to think about that. And you could literally like prompt like what you need in the house. And then it takes best practices and embed the, embeds those in there. Yeah, frankly, Alex, the role and the value of the architect has been under fire for
3: decades now, as as the technology continues to increase, and you know the role of just sitting in front and you know drafting your own grand designs on your own is just not reality from how buildings are constructed today. I mean, um, it's there's so many more pieces and parts, so many different players and, and people involved, so many more complex regulations, um, and. New tools and and services that uh, help do a lot of the design on their own. Um, I'd love that for t- to be our next episode. I think that's we could deep dive into the built environment and how AI and other tech affects it. Um,
1: yeah, I think in, I'll finish with way. this. Like, I mean, if you think about like that builder rule, right? That builder is supposed to be trained on the most recent like rules, laws, and regulations. They're supposed to know all the different constructs of a house. They're supposed to know um, aesthetics of a house. What if what if rules, laws, and regulations that have to go into a house were essentially taken care of by the AI? Um, best Life pra- safety stuff. Right? Yeah. Yep. Best practices, like how to basically um, roll out, like piping, like that was taken care of. Like all these basic elements that, that have to work in a house, I think you'd ultimately end up with a better house.
2: I don't know. Why not? I don't know. Because I think hot take. (laughs) I think it might be similar to the way. I mean, I use AI in a marketing communications role all the time where you can just tell Mm -hmm. that AI wrote the article. What is it going to feel like to walk into a house that
1: AI built? Oh, that's that's the last piece. That's where I wouldn't use AI. I would use the creativity of the builder and then have AI basically say, if you want this type of house, these are the things that need to. these are the constructs within which you have to work.
2: So maybe using it as a guide.
1: Yes. Well, and then,
0: yeah, it could also consider, like, depending on, like, yeah, the slope of, like, the lot you live on versus, like, should you have a basement? Should it be, like, anything like that. It could, like, adjust for, like, the temperature and the environmental factors as well to decide, like, okay, that noise is busy. Let's push it back five feet. Can we, you know, and, like, the AI could handle all of, like, that sort of stuff, and then... I think though to the point of like how would it feel to me one of the cool things about AI that we were kind of talking on earlier about like with design is like the kind of removing that like smoke and mirror or like the cloud of like I'm not artistic and so I can't design things or like I don't understand this element of it and AI can let everyone feel like they can like embrace that creativity and maybe it's Alex's optimism rubbing off but I feel like that would like it would help us all like explore the world differently if we can see things and be like i'm a creative person too whereas otherwise i might not have thought that if i'm an engineer or i'm a scientist or something like that because right just my brain doesn't work like that i, I think, would brand
2: I it ai ja- the yeah. creative awakening yeah
1: everyone there gets to go. feel creative <laughs> ja- jasmine's like okay so what do the first ai houses look like well they right. have too many buzzwords uh too many doors <laughs> <laughs> um, i mean it goes
3: back to the value of craftsmanship versus automation um, I think you know craftsmanship indicates like a human touch. Yes. And uh, and there's value to that as well. So um, you know, and maybe there's an ex, uh, an increased value in that you know as we automate more and more and
1: more. I mean, that's that's so true, right? Like, will you pay more for a human to do this? Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good point. I think we should absolutely dive more into the architecture and like the the hardscaping kind of elements of things. I did want to before we wrap go back to the user interface and user design. Alex, I know you and I have talked a lot about accessibility and AI's ability to make things more accessible for everyone, no matter their abilities. Do you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Oh my, that's, that's another 30-minute topic. Um, <laughs> I think the, the, the simple way of saying this is what I am looking for, we're already doing this, or we're starting to, uh, we are beginning to understand how to apply this with our clients at Shaco. But right now, we are basically designing screens that basically are a one size fits all right so if you go into a login screen this is the best way to design it if if you have any ada requirements then you have to make the decision to change that on your phone and we have to comply with that i I think what people should expect to see with ai is a self-designed self-composed screen depending on what your requirements and needs are. And it goes beyond ADA, right? ADA is just the initial aspect of it. But if I like interacting via voice, not UI, then let me do that. And I think that's where AI becomes so powerful. It's It identifies not only your, your the ADA compliance that we have to adhere to, but also your preferences as a user. And I think self, self-generating screens, self screens, self-generating experiences is what is next. You see a lot of people talk about that, right? I could do voice, I could do text, I could do UI. And, and that, that makes it easier for us to comply. The second thing is it's no longer a one size fits all. It's a customized approach to me as a user. And, and that aligns with where we're heading as, as a technology, right? We talk about the metaverse being a, a failed attempt, but it was the introduction to what is Web3, right? The technology around, aligns around me as a user, not the business as the creator. And I think that's, that's what's gonna be so cool. Um, I'm not sure if that answers the question, but again, in in a very tactical response, can a screen be created to fit my needs versus the general population?
0: All right, cool. Well, in that case, I guess we'll wrap now and then we'll reconvene next time. Talk more about AI, like in a a specific vertical and kind of take it from there.
3: Architecture. Architecture.
0: Architecture.
3: Architecture and development, yeah, construction. Construction and architecture. Construction, the built environment. Ooh, I love it.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, thank you guys.